Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Carpet Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Carpet Cross Credit Union on Neal Street or carpetcrosscu.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection Used Car Event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, there's only one place to begin the show today, and that's uh, rolling the clock back a few hours to Anfield last evening. I was simply glued to my TV screen, and what a match it turned out to be. It's one of those games that will live in the memory for a long, long time. And congratulations to Liverpool on a wonderful win to qualify for the Champions League final. Yes, there was a man from Dundalk in Anfield last night, and we're going to talk to him now. Jerry Stewart joins me on late lunch this afternoon. Maybe a little bit delicate after last night, but for very good reason. He was in Anfield to see Liverpool thrash Barcelona 4-0 and qualify for the Champions League final. Jerry, tell me this. In all your time going to football, where does that rate last night? I think, Jerry, at this stage, for the games I've been going to, it probably rates at the top. As you say, delicate. All horse this stage. 50-odd thousand people just sang their, sang their hearts. Went into a game probably that with a bit more hope and expectation based on the first result of the first day. It was a night of real emotion. I think raw emotion came through the stadium and I think it just went down to the players. And as, as a team, they just seemed to keep delivering. Just unreal. Really very, very, very hard to put into words. And I'm pleased to say we were there at it, you know. You're very honest when you say that you travelled more and hoped than expectation. But let's go back to the game itself. They started really well, Liverpool. When they got that first goal, were you starting to really believe, like 1-0, getting one back? Very much so. They, they got the first goal and probably could have had a second one. The longer the game went on, first they looked rattled. I think they were rattled by the crowd. You know, the energy that Liverpool players took to the game. Uh, and I think more importantly, probably when the second goal went in, the third goal came so quick. At that stage then, you knew it was really on. Uh, and it wasn't a case then of probably even, I think, people around us, it wasn't a case of, without being overconfident, it wasn't a case of probably waiting on maybe extra time and penalties. You just felt that the fourth goal was there. And once that went in, it was a case of, you know, the last five minutes, you know, Barcelona really threw everything at Liverpool. But, you know, and you were just hoping and praying that that goal would stay out. And to a man, they stood up. You know, it was just fantastic. The young full-back was magnificent for the fourth goal, which was ultimately crucial. His quick thinking was amazing, wasn't it? It was just phenomenal. You know, like he's 20 years of age, and he was one of the lads, a young lad that's on the trip with us, that said to me this morning, he's 20 years of age, he says, and he's going to play in the second Champions League final. His presence of mind could do it, and it's obviously something they were working on, because Origi was definitely expecting it, uh, and it was just a simple finish. Uh, and at that stage, then, I don't think Barcelona had an answer really hadn't been notified you know he, he definitely belied his views and, and you look at it you know the bigger name players he was playing, playing against and you know he was a, he, he was a man last night that's where all the players you know they really stood up 
Sit on going into the game then without two of your top players, Salah and Firmino. Yeah, it was uh, some achievement for the team because when I saw the team sheet as well and heard the news yesterday that they wouldn't play, it looked ominous for Liverpool. Was it nail-biting those last few moments as the clock ticked down, five minutes added? Oh, very much so. Like, there was, there was people around us and, you know, I would say hardened Liverpool supporters, there were locals and guys just weren't looking at the game. They were sitting with their heads in their hands and, uh, and just willing that five minutes to, to turn the clock. The final whistle. I'd say the sound in the ground. I, I'm trying to get a feeling for that. We, we, I'm sitting watching it at home on television and I was glued to it. I never left it from the first minute, I have to say. And I was willing them on myself, even though I don't even support Liverpool. But when that final whistle went, it must have been a crescendo, was it? Again, as I said earlier, I'm trying to myself. very hard to put into words, you know, but it's just, it was probably a relief. But I think... In other words, I think there was an appreciation from the fans to actually what the team had just done. You know, Barcelona Raiders is probably one of the best club sides in the world. And, you know, yeah, the, the 3-0 scoreline from the first leg didn't do Liverpool justice. But I think they, they really just stood up last night. And, you know, if I'm honest about it, at times they made Barcelona look very ordinary. Nobody left as well. I was just watching the scenes after the whistle. People, I just think they just stood there disbelieving and singing and uh, celebrating with the team. Exactly. Nobody left. The, the, the players came out, looked like all the staff came out. They went in front of the cop. They thought, of, you know, they went around all the ground then. And I would say, it was at least, I know personally for me, it was probably 15, 20 minutes at least before we left the ground after the players went in. Because I think people are just sitting there and just still savouring the atmosphere and the, the night as it was. Just really a night, just a fantastic night to be there at, you know. little bit of celebrating done afterwards, I take it? A few sociables, yes. <laughs> uh, just to uh, just to sort of lubricate the vocal cords. They, they took a hammering at the game. <laughs> so, uh, I love it well, look it's a wonderful wonderful achievement and I'm, I'm grateful to catch you today before you actually catch your flight back home uh, you're a massive Liverpool fan and of course the games just keep coming the big ones Wolves in Anfield on Sunday while Manchester City are down on the south coast against Brighton at the same time after last night is there a belief that maybe just maybe could be written in the stars on Sunday for Liverpool again well, football's a funny old game, as I say, and you know people have been saying that there's going to be twists and turns. Yeah, City's the best team in the Premier League for years, and Liverpool have gone toe to toe with them. Uh, could potentially finish in 97 points and not win it. I, I think if if City do slip up on Sunday, most certainly Liverpool could be there to take advantage. You know, it just might be a bridge too far because City are an excellent team. Uh, but as Liverpool supporters, we always get the slagging and the ribbon from the the old enemies. That we always say it's this year, it's next year. But you know, to be in for the chance of the two major competitions, you're competing with going to the last day is just fantastic. So you can't ask for any more. You know, and I think any Liverpool supporter at this stage is probably enjoying the ride. Absolutely, and uh, that is going to go two games further, as you say, on Sunday, and then, of course, the Champions League final in Madrid. Have you any preference as a Liverpool fan as to who you play in the final, Ajax or Tottenham? Not really, to be honest with you. Uh, I think, you know, following Liverpool all year, I don't think they're really worried who they come up against. I think they're probably taking each game at one at a time. And uh, probably last year's final against Madrid, there's probably a few scores to be set to try and win this year, so I wouldn't be too worried who to play.
that's not saying that you know it, it, it's 90 minutes and anything can happen on the night. So I think both teams, Ajax or Spurs, will be worthy challengers. So we'll just wait and see. Now, here's the question, I'm sure, on the tip of everybody's lips, and I know it's only the uh, day after the night before. Will you go? Will you look for a ticket? Will you be at that final in Spain? Uh, that's probably a question that uh, we're all asking each other here. There were flights looked at last night. There was different alternatives to try and see how we get in. Or get those. So it's, there's probably planning going to be looked at over the next couple of days and then decisions will be made. Time will tell. Time will tell is right, Jerry. Listen, it's fantastic to catch a word with you. Just before you board your flight home from Liverpool, it's going to be a happy flight home. And my God, that feeling... It's something special, it really is. It's a night I've followed football all my life here at home in the League of Ireland and through Arsenal in, the, in England for my sins. But I have to say, last night is a night I'll never forget for a long time. It was simply marvellous. And I'm delighted for Liverpool Football Club, a fantastic club, and their supporters. Jerry, thank you for joining me on Late Lunch. Appreciate it. Pleasure, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Yes, Jerry Stewart there joining me. Uh, the little earlier on there before he boarded his flight uh, back to Ireland. Very happy indeed. Will we? I think we have to, don't we? We have to do this. It just can't pass without doing it again. Let's go back and listen to the goals. Anticipation by Mane and Henderson driving on. Henderson and the goal for Origi. Mane sprinting into the middle. Hard and low. Yes, two. Wijnaldum. They're getting closer. Jurgen Klopp's men. Shakiri. It's in. It's incredible. It's one out of two in a couple of minutes for the substitute. And that three goal disaster, if you like, from the captain who has been wiped out here in 55 minutes at Anfield. Take it quickly. Oh, wonderful thinking. Origi, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic, and it's four, and they do lead now, not just on the night, but on aggregate. Well, have you ever seen anything like that from a top team? I don't think I ever have, and ever will. Yes, despite all its ills, it really still is the wonderful game. And sure, for Liverpool fans, here at home and all over the world, there's only one song for it, isn't there? Yes, it's the anthem from Anfield and did the cop sing it last night. Let's hear it. When you walk through a storm Hold your head up high And don't be afraid of the dark At the end of a stone There's a golden sky And the sweet silver sound of love Walk on
Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. Never mind the royal baby. We have the story of three royal county babies that's even bigger news. Yes, a mead limousine cow has defied odds, listen to this, of a million to one to give unassisted birth to triplets. And joining me is Stephanie Bray. Who's the farmer? Are you the farmer's wife, Stephanie? I'm the farmer's wife. (laughs) Good woman (laughs) yourself. Well, my, oh my... This is no joke. This is a real rarity, Stephanie. So I believe. So Louise was saying it's a million to one shot now. I wouldn't know statistics at all. We had we often had them um, over the years. We had tr- uh, twins, all right, but this is the first time we ever had triplets. Like, well, tell us the story. What age is the mammy? The mammy was born in two thousand and eleven, so she'd be eight year old, and this is her sixth calving. She had. Um, Five calves up to this, and then this is our eight calf now when you include the triplets. The triplets in it. Yeah. And did you have any idea that there were three on the way? No, we had, uh, we would have scanned, we scanned every uh, season, and we were told there was one or two had twins. Hmm. So this must be, I didn't look at the records now since we've been so busy since it happened on Friday morning. I didn't be able to check that. <laughs> and this is even more more remarkable in that generally with twins it's a little bit more complex, but triplets certainly is. And this lady gave birth all of her all, own. All on her own. We went there. We had been watching them. We had them in a little paddock at the back of the hay shed down on the farm, and uh, we we watched them. And because uh, we like at this time of the year, we like to get them calved outside. Mm. So I think when Michael finished in the bar on on Thursday night around two, he tipped down to have a look, and everything was fine. And then when our young fella, who is the farmer Connor Bray, was going to work, he got up and uh, Michael went down to have a look, and uh, he rang me back to say that um, she would have to. Uh, there's one of the cows that can, and she had triplets. Oh my, so all by all on our own, there on the field, all on our own. And there they were, there healthy they were. and well, delivered healthy. and all by mum. Yes. How many boys and girls? There's uh, two girls, two heifer calves and one male calf. There, and there's two blacks and one red. So there's there's a rogue colour in there there's somewhere, isn't there? Well, they're limous- limousines, yes. black limousines or red limousines. Absolutely. Like, so we, have, we have two uh, two blacks and one red. And yes. they're, they're so strong and healthy, like... Mm. So, this is big news in your neck of the woods. As I said, never mind another baby that arrived in the last few days. This is the biggest news <laughs> in the northeast of arrivals uh, this week. So, how were they? Did you have to give them a helping hand or anything? Oh, we did. The, the mother doesn't have a, uh, milk for them. So, we had to. Um, we brought them home here to the back uh, house um, yesterday evening. We've made a little paddock for them. like, And uh, we're feeding them here ourselves now. Which, um, we had milk. We started them off on uh, uh, cholesterol, and then we we give them just fresh milk from a local dairy farmer, Pat Dunn, and uh, so today we're just starting them on milk replacer. Okay, so this is the important point here. I don't know whether people would know this word or term, the bastings they call it. We call it, yeah, but cholesterol is the proper... Is that the proper term for it? Yeah, it has all the antibodies in it that will fight infections in their immune system until they can produce... Uh, enough of antibodies yes. themselves. Like so, so that is the very, first. Very important that yeah. you get them. Um, I think it's, it's six or eight litres of that into them, like you know, after birth. At the start of their lives, and of course, that is the mum's first milk that, after the, the baby is born. Milk, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. We, we'd always have some, you know, just in case there was anything wrong with any cow, like our cows down after cabin, we'd always have some in the freezer. Every farmer would, there would be, you know, calving cows. Yeah. Have some on so, so who helped you out? Who gave you a dig out there with that? Oh, well, Michael's brother, he's a dairy farmer. Right. And his son, Kenneth, they helped Lovely. us out. Like, they, they'd all keep our freezer full. And how much now that they're going on to the, let's say, the the, the standard run of the mill milk, how much would uh, young calves like that drink in a day? They, they get two feeds. We'll have them on two feeds for a couple of weeks and it'll be two litres a day, twice a day they'll get. Right, so they drink tw- uh, quite a bit. Oh, they would, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and then how long is it before you introduce them to any kind of solid food? About three or four weeks we get them on crunch. Okay. A bit of crunch, but they're they're so strong. Like there's two of them, like very big, strong calves, and the one a little bit smaller. But I mean, for triplets, you know, it's it's quite good. Mm, yeah. You know, and they're, they're very they're very um, healthy and mad for drinking. Like. Yeah. And what when, when you when you have to feed them yourself, is there a special bottle and teat for that, or what are well, you? Well, there will be. But at the minute, we we started off as I was telling Louise, we started off on Bulmer bottles with little teats in the top of them to get them. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have um, two litre milk cartons, <laughs> so in a day or two we'll be able to put them on the drinkers. They'll, they'll be um, settled down hopefully and go on the drinkers themselves. Do you know I see an advertising opportunity there for you guys because you are publicans as well and you know if Bulmer saw their label <laughs> turned towards the camera as the calves were feeding, they would term it I'm sure mother's milk. Mother's milk, yes. Think about that, Stephanie. There might be an opportunity there for you. In terms of the herd, how big is your herd? How many? We'd have up in 60 uh, suckler cows. Right, and that takes a lot of minding. It does, yeah. yeah. We'd have two seasons, like we'd have uh, late autumn and then early spring. These are a few, we'd normally be finished calving at this stage, like. but these are a few stragglers we have. like. Yeah. And what a story of stragglers. So Connor, your son, is the farmer, is that it? He's, he looks... uh, he's the farmer, yes. Right. And and when you have suckler, like, like, of course, they have to be attended many times a day and seven days a week. There's no break from this. There's no break. There's no break for the... For, no. Yeah, we, a... were, we were due to go away the weekend and because we had... Uh, we still had a few... We have two... Well, we, we have another one, I think, or one or two to calf. And so... Um, Connor was busy. He's a contractor. He works for a contractor, so yeah. he wasn't able to keep an eye on them as much as he would have liked. So we decided, especially on Friday morning, when we discovered we had we had triplets, we weren't going anywhere. We had to stay at home mm. and look after them. You see, when the farm calls, there's yes, no yes. option. But, but it was good. It was good that they're healthy. Like yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. and and as well now they're all out on grass at the moment, and uh, the, the, the other the other cows and calves are all out. Yes. Yeah. Outdoors yeah. at the minute. What about in the pub? Was the great old chatter about this? They're, they're very anxious. Yes, it was late yesterday, even before we got them back up with the pub and the houses beside one another. And so we made a little paddock uh, between the pub and the, and the house so they'll be all out this evening now to, to have a look at them. Isn't that great? I'm sure you're going to have a few calls from photographers and that after this, and people will want to see them. You'll become even more famous. More famous I'd say, yeah. as she- the- Ah, was Seamus with you already, our own Seamus Farley. Brilliant, 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 getting the snaps. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, congratulations to you. Thank you you. very much. You're one in a million. Think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely, Stephanie. Okay. Thanks for taking our call. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's Stephanie Bray there talking to me about one in a million, yeah, triplets uh, born to a limousine cow.
now in Meath in recent days. A great wee story that is. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Just like to mention, would you like to go on a steam journey on a train from Dublin, from Dundalk to Dublin, should I say? It's a single one-way journey and it's happening tomorrow, okay? Uh, The train arrives at Dundalk at five past twelve, leaves at ten past and arrives in Connolly Station at ten to two. Tickets are 17 euro and are available from the tourist office Market Square Dundalk. You have to make your arrangements to get back. The steam train won't be coming back down the tracks from Dublin to Dundalk. But what an experience that would be from Dundalk to Dublin tomorrow. And my thanks to Des Casey for letting us know about that one. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. After the break, we're going to be joined by two lovely people, Michael and Nell McDonough here. And we're going to talk about mental health in the travelling community. You know, sometimes in your life you find out something and it really makes you sit up and take notice. Listen to this. Within the traveller community, suicide is seven times higher than that of the settled community. Now, this really shocked me, I have to say. And with this in mind, Mead Travellers Workshop are staging a one-man play starring Michael Collins. It's called Magpies on the Pylon at the Solstice Arts Centre tomorrow evening. And ahead of the production, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Michael McDonough, who's the manager of the Mead uh, Travellers Workshop, and his wife, Nell, who's a family liaison and community development worker there as well. You're very welcome to the show. It's Thank great you. to see both of you again. Thank you very, very much, Jerry. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me. Michael, I, I, I mean that honestly. When, when, when I, I read this, I, I was just shocked, completely shocked. Why, why is this? It's, it's a, an unbelievable, frightening statistic to see 7% of a small population of this country and one of the biggest reasons for death among our young men in particular is suicide. And that's frightening. And I don't know one family that has not been touched, never mind in the travelling community, the settled community as well, but within the travelling community, that has not been touched by suicide. And I don't think there's uh, there's one answer. I think there's a a combination of many, many different things. And I think if you look at the the pressure and and also the silence, the silence about it. Mm. Also, if you look at how silent travellers are when it comes to this, they bottle it all up. They don't talk about it. And that's one of the biggest faults we have, I think. I think we need to talk about it. And part of this play is to express that out there and let people know it can be talked about. But I also feel like if you look at the pressures young travellers are under today, it's huge. Huge insofar as that it's it's difficult to be a traveller. Difficult in Ireland. Like, let's not be naive to think that prejudice is gone and racism gone and discrimination is gone. Sadly to say, they're alive and very well. And when you're a young traveller growing up and you're living within, within a society that is oppressive towards you, you know, you start to, to build that in yourself. And also the fact that you, you eventually believe it and you internalise it. And that internalised oppression is very much part, and it manifests itself in many, many ways. And one of them is very much around a whole inferiority complex. So you have this huge amount of internalised oppression, external oppression, and that's coming down on young people that A, their education is not the best, B, employment is almost a non-runner for them, and C, the, the traditional ways of earning a living are nearly all gone. So you have no more the market, you have no more the trading, you have no more of that, if you have it in a very little way. So you have all of these added pressures. And then within the travelling community, they marry quite young. 
So here you now have a young couple, families, and most of them don't enjoy a teenage life at all. So you have a lot of different pressures on you. So it's, it, it can be very difficult. So when you internalise all of that, it comes out. And my fear, my fear is that it's out there among the travelling communities, out there with all our communities. But within the travelling community, it's, 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 sad, it's hard to say. It, like it's, it's expected. It's part of what life is. And that's not good enough. And that's not true. So we, we have to start to start to stay in. How long for a minute? There's more to life. There's more to this. There's more to that. So one of the things that we're doing overall is that we have what we call our health and well-being program. And that's a 12-month project. And this play is a piece, an action within that project. Like we've other actions, like we're in a couple of weeks' time, we'll get back on to you to explain what's happening. We're launching a counselling service. We also have started with our whole physical fitness side of stuff. And I know people say, well, what's physical fitness got to do with it? It has a huge amount to do with it. And and then we're looking at the whole thing of the, the mental well-being of people. And one of the projects that I'm looking so forward to getting involved in is a, a neckwine therapy project. And we're due to start that up now in another couple of weeks. So we're looking at a, a combination of different actions and different programmes over the next year that we will actually bring together uh, as a project that will hopefully help tackle the suicide rate among travellers. Do you know, when you just say all those things, brilliantly answered, may I say, Michael, because you've uh, touched on so many areas as well yeah. that go on a way to yeah. try to explain this. Let's bring Nell into the conversation, your wife. Nell, you're very welcome to the Thank show. Thank you very much, It's sir. great to see you Thank here you. today. And we were just talking before we went on, you're over 40 years in Navin at this stage yes, and have a great range of friends, settled our traveller yes. community, both as well. But when you listen to what Michael says, Nell, and here we are in 2019 and we think we've moved on as a, a society and people. It's shocking to hear that, isn't it? Yeah, the statistics statistics are actually horrific. Having said that, Jerry, and I, and I mean, as a family liaison worker and a community development worker, um, I, I have to acknowledge the the wonderful partnership that has been formed within Mead Travers Workshops and Settle Community in County Mead. So we work as a partnership. Having said all of that, again, I want to re- uh, just draw your attention to something that I think in relation to what Michael said. Uh, one of the issues for me is pride in your identity as a traveller and being reinf- reinforcing that pride in our identity because if you have no past and can't be proud of your past you have no future and if I'm a child or my, I'm going to school or I'm going into a, a, an area of employment or whatever area and I have to hide who I am and I think this is one of the major issues facing young travelling people today is that in so many areas of society we have to hide our identity to be accepted and and if I have to hide my identity to gain access to social clubs, to restaurants, to hotels, to whatever areas where people socialise and meet each other and enjoy life, if I have to hide my ac- my identity to gain access, well, then I'm internalising all of that oppression and it's, it's manifest in its way in horrific ways and suicide being one of the ways that the whole erosion of our identity... You'd be ashamed to sit here and 
contemplate that we are a society like that and that people have to hide their identities and of course it is a most valid reason yes. and how wouldn't it knock you know your your mental yes. state if, if think about it folks if you're listening today if that were you put yourself in, in people's shoes the other thing is you know michael mentioned their education and marrying young and i know you're married young yourself we, we talk did. about that in a wee while but look is if that's your culture and that's the way it is do you feel you need to change that? That people should step back a little and maybe not commit so early in life and the commitment to education needs to be greater and more sustained? Um, I think, I don't know about changing your culture. I wouldn't want to change any area of my life as a traveller. I'm a very, very proud Irish traveller and I would hope my children and grandchildren and other travellers throughout Ireland can say the same thing. I think it's time now in Ireland to celebrate diversity. We have to celebrate differences and respect all differences. And I think, again, that's the wonderful thing I have to compliment County Mead for, is in this in our schools, our children go to St Anne's School, our grandchildren, and there's a wonderful celebrating of the traveller culture within the schools and a pride in our identity. And so I don't know if I would... Ch- I don't want to think we should be forced to change, Jerry. Let's celebrate our differences. OK, OK. The other thing is the employment. And, and, and you... What did you say? That I was looking at, actually, stats... Is it eighty six percent as high as that unemployment, Michael? Is it? It's huge, and and there, you come along and you think about it, like you know that travellers are no different than any other community when it comes to that. Like you know, yes, we're very different. We don't get employment as quick, but no different in needing employment, in wanting employment, and a work ethic among travellers is very high. So you have all of that there. Sadly, you don't get. To the third level education. Now, can I say, Jerry, that I am so proud of the small number of travellers who have done it and who have come out the other side and they're very brilliant role models. Sadly, a lot of them had to hide their identity, but the ones that didn't were brilliant role models for other young travellers to go through because travellers didn't for years and years really take on board, like, you know, the the evidence of that if you have a good education, if you have a good skill, your opportunities and chances of employment are a lot higher. For a lot of travellers who did go through the education system and did come out the far side and ended up on community employment projects with their leaving certs, ended up with college degrees and no work for them, that frightened a lot of them. So there was no initiative there or tangible evidence out there to say this would work for us. Having says that... You can't give up. You can't back away. You have to keep at it. And we push quite strongly around the importance of education. But we must also push quite strongly in what Nell was saying. Education can be one of our most precious allies and one of our most precious assets. But it can also be a major culprit in doing away with traveller identity. So we have to be very careful that we don't do that. And that's a fear I would have. So having says that, if you look quite recently there with the recognition of travellers as an ethnic minority, that was a major boost for us. Because prior to that, who or what were we? No one, there was no label for us other than that of a failed, settled person, other than that of a misfit, other than that of not fitting into society. But now with the recognition by the state, that was very, very important. Although it was very symbolic, it didn't come with it any major big investments or anything like that, but it was still a major event. So that helped a lot. 
today a lot of the third level institutions and colleges are looking at how we can encourage more not only travellers, other groups as well like Nell talked a little bit about the whole thing of celebration of identity I think for so long Ireland was a very monocultural society and the only group other than the main group were travellers and they were seen as an inferior group so we really didn't have any, quite recently with an influx of uh, of different ethnic groups coming into the country, has helped. It has opened people's eyes and it has seen people in different lights and saying, look, at here we now have different. And it's that celebration of diversity is more colourful. Imagine us living in a society that was mono. Society. It would be dull, it would be grey, it wouldn't be exciting, but now we have an opportunity and Ireland has a fantastic opportunity to celebrate all these diversities and let's do that and make it enjoyable for everybody. So I think it's very important. Nell, as a woman, can I ask you this question? You know in politics, the way they brought in quotas to ensure the male-female gender balance was addressed. So, and each election now, more and more women must be put forward by the parties and hopefully then be elected. Would you favour that in terms of what Michael was talking there, where, you know, when they go through the education system or university, get a trade or whatever, there's nothing for? No. And, you know, it's a very interesting concept. And I have to say that um, it was one that would excite me because within the travelling community, while people perceive it's very much a patriarchal community, the activists and the very, very powerful women within the travelling community who would make excellent, excellent politicians. So I do think that the voice of the traveller has to be heard right across the community. Yes. And I mean, I think the idea of of meeting quotas and introducing women, it's a very good one. And there are plenty of travelling women out there who could bring the voice of the traveller and the situation of the Irish traveller right to the fore. Yes. And, and you know, that's where you're lacking a voice yes. in that area. And the other linked area is, could you do it as regards, you know, employment opportunities as well? Maybe make provision there. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that would be really important. I think that like travellers only constitute a half 1% of the population. But yet we seem to hit the media a lot Mm. and we seem to be in the papers a lot, quite sadly in a negative way. Uh, But I do think that the voice of the travellers out there and it's not being heard. And I think that you have to have some form of of positive approach and positive discrimination in certain ways. We've suffered enough of the negative discrimination. Let's have a bit of positive discrimination here and move things on. Because, like I often hear people say about travellers getting a second chance education. Sorry for the fourth priority of them is that majority of them is first chance education, even in an adult, like it's first chance. So let's try and, and, and build that gap or build them, fill in them gaps, build them bridges that we need to move on. And it escalates the process rather than keeps it trotted into one situation. Mm-hmm. Like even accommodation is the same. Like, you know, we're all, we're all the time struggling, all the time reacting. We need to plan out. Now, having says that, there has been giant steps taken. And let's not, let's not say there's nothing being done at all. There's a lot happening. But we need to escalate that process. Because you must remember, you talked about a statistic about 7% in religion. Our infant mortality rate is three times that of the settled population. Our life expectancy is 15 years shorter for male and 11 years shorter for female. You know, even so, still, to this day, 
And their statistics that we would have had in Ireland before we had a sophisticated system of health or anything like that. So we're still, we still have to a long way to go. And I think that, like, I often get very frustrated and you're sitting back and you're saying to yourself, if there was a town in Ireland with a population of what we have of travellers in this country, and all them statistics were that, it'd be an emergency situation. They'd call the army out at this stage to make sure something happened. So why are we sitting here and thinking the, the evidence is there? Like, we talk about senses of people. We did a travellers are senses. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Once a year. So we have statistics, no problem. We know what's happening. There has been more research done on travelers and their health and every aspect of us. And so everything is there. All we need to do is say, let's do something about this. Action it. Action that's it. the word that we're talking yeah. about. We have to mention this uh, oh, tomorrow God. night because that's that's what you came for. But the conversation has been so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The Solstice Arts Centre tomorrow night, Magpies on the Pylon by Michael Collins. Yeah. It's written and performed by this man. Now, it's a special night. It's just not about what will happen on stage. There's a lot happening around this. There is. a lot happened. As I said earlier on, this is part of a, an overall programme we're doing and we have a number of different actions. This is one of them. This, and I have to also say to me, County Council, I also have to say to Department of Justice and the HSE for their support in getting these actions off the ground. And that's very important because it wouldn't happen without their support. And that's the reality of it. Tomorrow what we'll be doing is that we will have a number of information stands and a number of group, different groups that will be attending them stands. Also, at the show itself, like it's a one-man show, I know I know Mr Collins quite well. I've been to his show before, and I'm going to say now, it knocked me for six. That He's brilliant, a, I know, Michael. brilliant at it, powerful man. And what we hope then is that we will have a discussion. And it's that discussion that we need to create. It's that, to get people talking about this, like... It, as I said earlier on, the silence is deafening in relation to suicide among travellers within the community itself, I'm talking about. 
and we need to start to talking about it and we need to stop being so frightened and so ashamed. The shame attached to this is unbelievable. Like, when you talk, like, when we were growing up, you'd never hear suicide among travellers. No. Sure it happened, no doubt about it. Never heard of it. Now all of a sudden every family is touched by it. And we have to start saying, how do we support the families that has happened to But more important, how we start supporting the people that they, they don't have to make that type of a choice. Like, to make a choice to kill yourself. Please, in the name of God... That must be in an awful situation for anyone. I don't want anyone to be in that position. So let us move towards how we can alleviate the issues and difficulties and problems that's creating people to do that. And, you know, we have to say this is a cross-society issue oh, yeah. as well in every community. As you said, when I was growing up as well, I wouldn't know. You rarely hear of something like this. And now today it's, it's a major issue. What time do you start at in the solstice tomorrow? It's starting at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Brilliant to say and sad to say at the one time, tickets are a premium. Okay. We are inundated. Right. And I mean inundated. Okay. Request. But if people want to make an inquiry, they contact Please the Solstice. Do. There's always a few tickets around. Okay. Please do contact ourselves at Navan Travellers Workshops. And the number for that is 046 or if they contact the Solstice Art Centre, and that's 046 92300. And is this specifically for the, the travelling oh, community or is it open to oh, everyone now? It's open to oh, anybody who is, we're actually, it's open to everybody. everybody. And it's just going to be a question and answer session afterwards and there's going to be a panel of experts to deal with any questions that may arise from the drama. Now while I have the two of you here with me and I've only a few minutes left <laughs> you don't often get the Perry and the one room together no, I have no. to say. Is that the secret of your success all yes, these years? Yes, we avoid each other. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. were married at what age now? 17. We were married at 17. And how did you know each other? Or? No, our marriage was arranged. And so our marriage was arranged, but we were, um, we knew of each other, but our marriage was arranged. 44 years 44 ago. 44 years ago. Five children, nine grandchildren and a tenth on, on the, the way. way. Is that right, God, later? Yes, yeah, yeah. Six grandsons and three granddaughters. What's the secret now? Come on, there's, so, there's people don't last four months, four years at the minute with the way it's such a... <sighs> I think respect and uh, support for each other and support. We have a wonderful family yeah. and we've got wonderful. My daughters, my sons, my son-in-law, daughter-in-laws, we've got a great support and we live in a part of an extended family, which to me is very important. Isn't, isn't that a very important thing to say yes. to any family, no yeah. matter wh- where you come yeah. from, what background, family? Family is of vital importance. It's, it's what makes us and uh, the respect and the support of family is really important. You're a content man, Michael McDonough. <laughs> and not only were we married, we had to work together. <laughs> so you don't want to escape at all. <laughs> anyway, look, it's great to see you both again today Thank and continued success to the workshop Thank in me and all the great work Thank you, you very do. Much. And please, God, you know that this continues to progress and that those rates, seven times oh, greater than, so I'll say it again, than the settled community come down and tomorrow night at the Solstice is just one step and one help on the road towards that it is indeed Michael and Nell McDonough it's been my pleasure thank you very much thank you so much for joining me on the show thank you when it's not always raining there'll be days like this When there's no one complaining There'll be days like this 
Everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this When you don't need to worry There'll be days like this When no one's in a hurry There'll be days like this When you don't get betrayed By that old Judas kiss Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this Hannah Donnelly has been hospitalised for some time now, initially in Dublin and back in her hometown, Drogheda, at this stage. Ultimately, her family want her home, which means adapting the building and putting in place a care package, which all adds up to a lot of money. With this in mind, legendary powerlifter, weightlifter and bodybuilder Liam O'Keefe is lending his support to Hannah and her family. Liam is with us on the show this afternoon and we're also joined today, I'm delighted to say, by Hannah's dad, Michael Donnelly, and her sister is here as well, Keelan. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Michael, if I could start with yourself, will you just remind our listeners about Hannah and her story, please? Well, Hannah was born in 2001 with a rare uh, genetic uh, syndrome, APAD syndrome. And uh, I suppose for the first few years of her life, it was touch and go whether she live. And uh, she she had, a, a, a five years of age, she had a, a um, an operation that... Uh, it released her her spine, so she was able to breed. So from there, uh, she 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 lived a very very active life up till now. Uh, she was involved in martial arts. She travelled to America and won had a Hall of Fame award. Uh, she would have stayed with a good friend of Chuck Norris's, Bill Wallace, and she stayed there for about six weeks. And very very active in the martial arts circles and an active girl, you know. Uh, so she would have been monitored uh, on a yearly basis to see how how her spine was developing and that. On the, on the last one, uh, a couple of years ago, there, there seemed to be uh, compression on her spine, on her spinal cord. So we had to, she had to go in for surgery for a decompression, uh, spinal decompression. Uh, that surgery itself went well, but unfortunately, after after the surgery, uh, we, we ran into complications, and she ended up in a, a, in a in an emergency uh, tracheostomy. And from there, uh, critical illness uh, myopathy. Uh, kind of developed and on the, after that then it was polyneuropathy and I suppose in layman's terms what happened is if someone's on a ventilator for a long time their muscles kind of stop walking in Hannah's case it was really rapid and uh, her muscles just stopped walking and uh, the polyneuropathy is the nervous system so the nervous system stopped walking as well so really she was trapped in her body for seven or eight months and she wouldn't have been able to move at all you know and uh, as a parent it was difficult to see uh, she would have been like uh, not 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 able to communicate. Where we could communicate to her, obviously, but she couldn't respond to us. And and her, she was in an anxious state for about nine months, where she lost her hair and her heart rate was up 170, 180. So that would have been eight or nine months in intensive care. At, th- at that time, she was on the ventilator, and we're told she'd never get off the ventilator. But, but Hannah's uh, warrior spirit, as usual, kicked in, and she got off that ventilator, and she's off it now. And she's a. Uh, 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 breathing apparatus at night time only okay. that's the only time she needs it so that's know? progress and that's real that's progress sure, yeah. how long is she in hospital two, uh, two years now yeah two, two, years. two years. years yeah oh yeah. my god can you just yeah. grasp two years in hospital yeah and and for, as you as a family 
in hospital with her all the way, I know. You mm-hmm. never leave mm-hmm. her side. You're with her all of the time. She was in Dublin. She's back in, in Drogheda now, yes. She's in Drogheda now and I taking great care of her. You know, uh, and that was fantastic. A, a step forward again because yeah. closer to home. Yeah, and what we, at the moment, she's moving her arms, she's moving her legs, she's doing things that they said wouldn't she wouldn't do and she's doing that. You great. Know? Also, she's... Um, She's watching our comedies and she's laughing and, and she's breathing on her own. But she does need 24-7 uh, nursing care and mm. she probably will do, you know, uh, for the foreseeable future. Yes. So we'll be hoping to get uh, funding for a care package as well, like a home. Yes. Because this is what it's all about. It's getting Hannah home where she needs to be, you know. Home would make mm. such a difference yeah, to yeah, this young lady. Sure. It really would. To yourselves as a family and to her because she wants to get home as well. Um let me bring in Liam O'Keefe uh, to uh, talk to us. Liam, you're very welcome to the show. How do you know these people and what's your link with the Donnellys? Well, Mick and I go back to the time that there was a gym down in Miami Street. They had twin gyms and Michael took it over. And um, I stayed on as a member of the gym. And then I was doing a big challenge for the fifth floor. And, and it was the bench press challenge, 100 kilos, 2,000 times in under 50 hours. <laughs> my safety spotter, <laughs> this man here, thank God he was there, and um, we had a friendship from there. Okay. Uh, and I watched um, with great joy uh, how Hannah fought all against all the odds, became who she was, uh, the warrior princess, all of the martial arts and the travelling, Michael just said, and it's just wonderful that against all the odds, and they didn't have a great odds when she was born, that she was a fighter. And I love a fighter, and I love a warrior. And um, she said, you can take on against all the odds. And then the last couple of years with the operation and all the stuff that knocked on from that, um, this is where I felt, for the first time, really moving into an individual rather than an organisation, you know, like a yes. charity for floor or... Whatever, yes, you've been great. So I know that, Liam. You've supported many organisations in your life, but this is for this young lady. This is for... Hannah, this is for the family who are affected every day, you know. Family's up there, her mum's there 24-7, her little sister's there doing her homework in the hospital from the school. Let's get them home. Mm-hmm. The other people have always been brilliant to support anything that I've put out there, and I want to thank them so much, and I will later on in the interview, but this is the challenge. So we have a deal done. I told her she's doing her exercises to get out of hospital and my part would be that I'll do my bit in this challenge in Integral Gym on the 18th of May. Which is not far away at this stage. It's next weekend, not the forthcoming one, the following one. Now, tell us, what are you going to do? What is the challenge that Liam's taking on? Well, I'm doing a crossover incline, crossover flies. I've done something similar two years ago and thank you, I was on your show. I've upped it from to 2017, back in 2017, to 3019 in the same one-hour challenge. So what is this? Describe it for listeners. What do you physically do? Right. I sit forward yep. in a bench yep. where my upper torso was hanging over the edge of the bench to stabilise me. And I cable each side with hand grips and I cross them over across my chest and back up. Yeah, it's a chest exercise. And I do that for... 3,019 non-stop. And there's a bit of weight in this, Liam. 
Well, it's 15 kilos each side. Yes. So, but it, it, it doesn't, like, you know, when you lift a foot, it, it's nothing. Yeah. But it becomes something <laughs> hey, then when it's you. It's nothing, hit. that's grand. <laughs> Probably try two of them and maybe I'll be back on the floor. When you go into the 500 and the 600, <laughs> 700, and you start to go up on the number, yes. then it's, it's, it, it's the endurance. So, it's, three it's, zero one nine reps you are going to do? Yes. In an hour? Under an hour. Under an hour? Yes. And that day, the 18th of May, there'll be a cake, I think, for you that day, will there? Michael, there's a cake. Is there a cake for me? Oh, there'll have to be a cake. This is for all the senior citizens out there. I'm joining the pack at 66 on the the day. He gets the pass. Do you get the pass and all that goes with that? I I think I'm talking about somebody else, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm doing this for all the senior citizens as well. No surrender. (laughs) I love it. So... This is a, is a big undertaking, and it's happening at Integral. What time of the day is it? Is It'll be at, in Integral at 5 o'clock. On the Saturday, Saturday, Saturday the, 18th. the 18th. And you're going to yeah. do it there for that hour? Yes, well, everything is there, and the support is, is there is from the gym as well, of course. Okay. And, and other people will be there. And I hope uh, uh, Frank Godfrey there, he beat me on the, got the front page again this week, and I got into the <laughs> second page, but I'm with him on that one. But probably that's not so bad. <laughs> and I'd like to thank the mayor for all his support as well. Mm. So... To, you're raising funds and you have sponsorship yes. cards out at the sponsorship moment sponsorship cards uh, where can pe- people get a card well in, I, I have the card or, 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 or Michael, Michael yeah, we have the cards yeah. and a lot of lads in the gym and a lot of people I know out there in the community have taken cards ok and this is where again it's part of the team I'm only the finished product in the day hmm. I'm the last little cog in the wheel it's all of the everybody, the draw of people who put their hand in the pocket. I go up to the door and knock the door. I go to the shop and I say, you know, and help Hannah get home and stuff. And draw the people are terribly generous. Mm. And I'm you're, for that. I just look at them. He's ready, fit I'm ready. and willing. I'm on a 10 day countdown. I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm, sure. I'm ready to do this. Let me bring in uh, Hannah's sister. She's here with us today. Keelan, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the show. Liam was just saying there, you're, you're up with Hannah in hospital every day. You do your homework up there? Yeah. Beside her? Mm-hmm. How is she? You tell us, how is she as your sister? She's she's good. She's still, she's still bossing me in front of my hair. And then she's lip-syncing into songs with me and everything. So she's well uh, aware of what's going on. She's engaging with you. And, and this is quite a change. She's come on a lot. You can see that from a few months back, yes? Yes, definitely. How much do you love her? All the love in the world. Some things just get you when you sit behind sure this does, microphone. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But those words from a 10-year-old sister to her sister who's been hospitalised for two years, it's been a long time, hasn't it? A long, long time. Do you love going to see her? Do you mind having to spend so much time in the hospital? I don't mind at all. And what about your friends? Do they understand about Hannah? Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And do they ask about her and support you? Yeah. Which is great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you at school? I'm in school at St. Bridget's and St. Patrick's. Oh, in Boha Brewer in Trahalli there, yeah. yes. What class are you in? Toys class. Okay, so you have a little more time to do in that school before you move on. Yeah. Where will you go after that? I want to go to... Um, Ballon College. Oh, beautiful. Not far from where I am. It's a lovely, lovely... And do you know... I know you're only 10 years of age. Do you ever think what you might like to do when you grow up? I want to be a teacher. 
My God, Michael Donnelly, you have a lo- young lady there that's well focused and Wonderful. well switched on, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, great support. Great support for our sister, you know, and mm. uh, they're great buddies. Yes. And like she says, to be up lip, lip syncing and, and trying to keep it as natural as as, as we can, Jerry. And, and uh, that's why we'd love to get Hannah home so she can be family again and she could be with her, with our um, sister, you know. Mm. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's not easy. Like I know uh, Liam alluded to it there and he sees it from, from the outside in to be there every single day. Yeah, well, her, her, her mum, Pearl, is just amazing, you know. She's just, she's there the whole time, you know, and... Uh, She's so such a dedicated mom, you know, and it'd be wonderful to get to get this care package and get her home. I mean, the, the house is ready. The house is uh, uh, is as good as uh, a hospital. Yes, you know, so that that aspect has uh, been that's all done. sorted. That's done. You know, it's just getting her home now and the physiotherapy. We want to push forward and see see how far Hannah can go. You know, because since she was born, we she had no limitations and and she ended up kicking over her head and skipping rope and doing things that people said she could never do. You know, so. Mm. Just to give her that chance again and see how far she can go again, you know, it's a quality of life um, issue we're talking about there. We we just don't know how much she'll regenerate our nervous mm. system and, and things like that. But one thing's for sure, she she really has that sense of humour and, and she's a great character, you know. And uh, it's great. But that's what it's all about, to get get them all together again, you know, mm. uh, in, in a home environment. There's nothing beats being at home. No, for sure. And, you know, and I think she'll come on great at home as well. You that know? word you said, chance. Yeah. We all must yeah. be given a yeah. chance in life. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're not giving it, that's unfair. But you must be given the chance. And, and, and what you make of that then is with you at that stage. Liam, you wanted to thank a couple of people. Who did you want to mention specifically? I wanted to thank everybody in the table gym uh, for all the great support. And the new manager, Justin, down there, doing great work. Uh, I'd also like to thank um, the uh, approved Leinster windows down there in, in the uh, Bind Business Park. Uh, Peter, thanks a million for you give us a great donation. Uh, uh, Peter Kieran's Anglo Printers. Again, Peter, Top up Peter. there with it for me and mm. really appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank Gary and John McEnany. They're the owners of the Weavers they're the, uh, and they are the new proprietors of Fusion Nightclub. Mm. And when I mentioned it, no yeah, problem. No problem. Uh, Tony O'Brien, uh, specialised in um, panel beating there up in the New Grange Business Park. Uh, he again came forward. Uh, you know, just so the much faith to draw the people. I know. The, the draw the independent. Hubert Murphy's always mm. been a great guy to help out in relation to um, to putting it in the paper for us and getting it, you know, getting it out there. You know, pitch it mm. a thousand words. Uh, and all the people at Drogheda who put their hands in their pockets, uh, I want a big thank you. And have you down here, Jerry, a big, huge thanks. I'm not at all. You're the, brilliant. No, but the station here, it's just, you're with me today, but I have yeah. to say LMFM have, we, we've tried to do our best and, and we always oh, will, sure. we always yeah. will for you. I, I want to do uh, thank yous as well because you really did support Hannah, you know, mm-hmm. in everything she's ever done. It's, it's, it's and, been wonderful. And I want know? to say to people today, if, you, if, you, if you're touched by this story, and I'm really touched by it, I have to say, uh, today, mm-hmm. This young lady deserves to get home. We want to help in any way. Give us a shout here. 1850 is the phone number you want to call in. We'll take your details, pass it on to the guys. Or 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or across social media as well. Or they can call in to Integral and leave a donation at the reception desk. The staff would gladly take it. And I just have a, a very special thanks to uh, the Dublin Meat Company in the North Road, North Road Pharmacy, Glamour Milk, the providing a load of protein and products on the day. Very special thanks to my wife, Suzanne, and my two daughters, Nicole and Michaela, have been very supportive. 
And this is in memory of my mother, Bridget O'Keefe. Okay. All right, and all the mums out there that do wonderful work for children. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank, Thank you, you, Liam. And uh, I want to say, uh, before we finish today, to Keelan, to Keelan, Hannah's sister, will you do me a little favour, Keelan, if yeah. I ask you, will you? When you go to the hospital today, will you tell her that you were on radio with us today? that we were all talking about her and that we're all thinking about her and that we wish her well and that we look forward to the day soon that she'll be back home. Definitely. Will you do that for me? Yeah. Will you tell her that, please? Yeah. Thank you so much indeed. It's been my pleasure to meet you all here today. Remember, the 18th of May, 5 o'clock, Integral is the big challenge for Liam O'Keefe. 3,019 reps in one hour, non-stop, and he's going to blim and do it, I can be sure. But for the moment, I want to say a big thank you uh, to Michael Donnelly. Thank you for joining me today. Keelan, Hannah's sister as well, and of course, uh, the wonderful Liam O'Keefe. Thank you all. Thank Wish you. you well. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Selection used car event is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. Owen McGuinness from Clonalvy in County Mead is in Australia. He's there for a year at least. He's a serial entrepreneur and he's come up with a brilliant business idea and he's on the line with me now from Oz. Owen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you? I am very good. Tell us first, what has you in Australia? My partner, my girlfriend Siobhan, got offered a really good opportunity to come over here and work in an emergency department in um, North kind of Queensland area. So the opportunity came. I couldn't really say no. Um, so here I am. Uh, three months later, I'm over here now and enjoying enjoying us. How long are you over there for? What's your plans? So we'll be here for, for, for definitely a year and other than that it's very much undecided to be fair but I, I said I would 100% say a year and then we can figure it out from there. You are regarded as I said a moment ago as a serial entrepreneur. You're only a young fella, you're in your 20s still. What have you been entrepreneuring? I started my first company when I was 17, um, a company called McGuinness Marquis, so uh, after my own name. I ran that for about six years when I was going through university. Um, there wasn't really that many opportunities, I think, 2008, 2009, and, and, and going forward for people of my age to basically get jobs. So I made myself a job, and, and luckily enough, I got to employ four of my closest friends, as well as um, kind of having people to cousins and, and family members that I could uh, kind of give extra work to during that time. So I ran that company, as I said, for about six years, um, and then I sold it just as when I finished university. So I did a degree in, in accounting and HR, and then um, I sold the business then straight after that. And since then, tie that in with being in Australia now. Have you done anything else in the interim before we come on to this brilliant idea you have at the moment? I ran a couple of other companies. I had a company called Envirosavers for a while, um, which was like a fuel tablet business, sold that as well successfully. Um, and then had another number of kind of smaller companies that um, that were more so like consulting. And then I ended up moving into uh, into Cran, which is which is now my, my kind of my baby going forward, which is quite nice. It's a long way from marquees to shades and watches. Yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting one. I think um, when I when I sold the business, I kind of did things a little bit backward than than most people. Um, I would always see myself as as being an entrepreneur from the times I used to set up 
I ran a disco from my house at at the age of eleven, which um thankfully my 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 poor mom dealt with all my entrepreneurial ways growing up. But when I sold the business, I didn't really have any intention of going back into business. I spent uh, spent a bit a little bit over a year traveling Thailand and Southeast Asia, and really my plan was just to kind of get into a nice cushy job where. I could kind of be my own boss slightly, but also have the backing of a big company. And then I suppose over the last couple of years, you know, the, the entrepreneurial itch keeps coming back out in me. And that kind of led me to Cran because I suppose seeing and living in a country like Thailand where they use wood for pretty much everything. And, and we'll go into this, I suppose, in a few minutes, but they use wood in, in so many different ways. I found that just fascinating and kind of got me thinking a little bit more and, and, and kind of made me potentially not be as not as kind of quick to the draw in terms of the way I used to be when I was younger. I kind of spent a little bit of time and did a little bit more research, did a little bit more testing, and then eventually when I had something I could I, I was one hundred percent happy with, that's when I kind of pulled the trigger and, and kind of went for went for the business plan then from there. They're beautiful, I have to say. I've been on your website, cran.co, and looking at the range of sunglasses there for men and women and watches as well. And the uniqueness of these is that it's uh, bamboo, bamboo frames for the shades and uh, surrounds for the uh, uh, watches as well. Where are these made? Who's making them? So I designed, designed them. And then from there, I actually get them made, uh, made in Thailand. So to be honest, I was kind of trying to come up with the idea of whether I'd, I'd kind of manufacture them myself in Ireland. And with the raw, the raw the resources or the, you know, the raw resources that are needed for it, I, I just thought, you know, realistically from a manufacturing standpoint, it's, it's a lot easier for me to get them made, uh, made in Thailand. So um, during my time there, I actually up in north of Thailand in Chiang Mai, I, I, met a, I met an Irish guy who had a bamboo farm up there and ended up getting quite pally with him got him to make me a few prototypes and then from there he basically has a, a small manufacturing team up there and basically you get them done directly from him and then I get them shipped across from there and to where I uh, distribute them from which is in Clonagy and Gedimit. This is brilliant. What an international story it is. I'll tell you, you have a real eye for design, may I say, as well. They're, they're beautiful. They've really struck me. Was the idea of sustainable fashion in your mind with this business concept as well? Yes, great question. So the way I kind of see things is like a lot of the time with with a lot of um, with a lot of plastics or metals and, and so on, they're either just kind of you know they're used for a certain period of time and then they're kind of just thrown away and they're just kind of left behind. Whereas something like uh, like like bamboo, I don't know if you're you're aware of this, but it's it's the fastest growing plant or tree in the world. So you can talk about a bamboo can grow within an inch every forty minutes. So it's something that's consistently sustainable. It's really, really good for the environment. It doesn't need any fertilizers or anything like that. So I wanted to use something that it was good for the environment, but also in the, in the terms of a lot of the time with bamboo, because it is something that can grow quite quickly, people kind of just leave it behind or use it for one particular uh, use and then don't really use it for something else. So my concept there was let's take the bamboo that's being uh, being used for additional things in Thailand. Let's then take that, repurpose it, and actually mould that into which is vast majority of the time the uh, 
the legs of the sunglasses so we can use reused bamboo. One, from a manufacturing side, it's an awful lot cheaper. Two, it's a little bit easier to handle because it's kind of aged slightly, which gives it a, a kind of a cooler look, in my opinion. And then from there, it's kind of using stuff that people just absolutely see as waste. And I think that's the big thing about sustainable fashion. If you can see something that's waste and find a repurpose for it, it, it you know, it's better than you using something brand new. The difference from that from a watch, uh, I presume, is with a watch, because the, the, the bamboo or the wood or the different types of wood I use, has to, it has to be new. Um, so the bamboo... Well, so the bamboo watches and the and the sandalwood watches themselves are made new, which is which is interesting. So again, same sort of concept. Vast majority of what I use is, is wood, and they're super lightweight as well. So Clonalvi is the hub yeah. of this international business. How, how long are you trading, and how is it going for you? Trading now a little bit under a year. Yeah, and and overall it's going really well. I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky in a lot of ways that. I can kind of afford to, to do a little bit of travelling while the business is still uh, still running smoothly. Luckily enough, I, I have a brilliant um, support unit in, in terms of my mom and uh, two of my sisters that kind of look after the uh, the shipping while I'm away, which is quite nice. And then I kind of look after everything else in terms of the, the website and, and the follow-ups and the outreach and the manufacturing and stuff like that, which is quite cool. And it really just runs from there. So we luckily enough have a pretty good setup from, from home. So we work from that. It's been steadily growing, which I'm really happy about. I don't want, I didn't want something that was going to be uh, what was seen as an overnight success because at the end of the day, it takes it takes weeks. You have to kind of take it by the day, by the week, by the month. But I'm really, really happy with the progress. So I, I luckily enough got to attend Electric Picnic last year with Body and Soul and, and a company called Native Spaces. And that really helped in terms of my... Um, my brand awareness and, and, and people actually seeing and using it. I even had a couple of bands wearing my sunglasses while on stage in Electric Picnic, which was pretty special for me to, to watch one of my favourite bands and see them wearing my, my sunglasses, which was pretty, pretty exciting. But, um, yeah, it's been steadily growing over the last couple months and, and, and hopefully um, as we get closer to the summertime that it just continuously, continuously grow, grows from there. And is this... On its own, Cran.co sustaining you. The way I look at it right now is probably six months of growth will probably mean that I can I can stop my day job and actually just focus on Cran full time. Right now, I I luckily enough work for uh, a very flexible company here in Australia, and yeah, it, it works out really well for me that I can kind of uh, I can juggle the two. I'm a bit of a workaholic, being a serial entrepreneur and. I enjoy working. So, yeah, look, this is it's something that I, I really hope over the next couple of months does become my full-time job. But, but right now, I'm, I'm pretty happy putting in the extra work to, to get it to, to where it needs to be. It's an interesting international triangle, isn't it? Thailand, Australia, Clanalvi. It's a, in a, a skewed triangle when I just think about it in my mind on, yeah. on, on the world map. <laughs> Um, yeah, Kanavi probably not the first place you think of when, when you think of international uh, an international country. But, but yeah, um, my friends and family from Kanavi have got a good laugh out of it. Presume when you hear it in the in the tense of Thailand, uh, Australia, and Kanavi on the same uh, same sentence. Which Kanavi is it on? Because there's a couple in me, isn't there? So kind of Ardcat Kanavi, ah, yes. sort of area. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have yeah, you now. Yeah. Is the same parish, same parish as I cast, yeah. 
So things going well on this, and uh, I, I do say again, they're, they're really attractive. They don't cost the world either, I have to say. So if people want to order them, it's www.cron.co. Is that it, yeah? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. So we take it you're there for the foreseeable, but we could see you back in the uh, corporate HQ in Clanalvi sooner rather than later. <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say hello to my mom, Lorna, and my two sisters, Alana and Haley, and, and just everyone on the friends and family back home. Uh, hopefully you're all keeping well. Lorna is the uh, deputy CEO, I take it, in your absence. Lorna is the boss in the <laughs> Thankfully, she's put up with me and my, my aunt was heard in earlier ways since I was probably about 11 years of age. So, um, yeah, I think she's quite happy with how things are going as well. And, and luckily, I have a good support system behind me, which makes makes it a little bit easier for me to actually just go and take a year around, go traveling and, and, and work from a laptop rather than from a, from a, from a warehouse in the back of my head. <laughs> mm, mm, well, that's where all many great businesses have begun. Good health, happiness, enjoy your time in Oz and see you home soon. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Top man Owen McGuinness and good luck to him uh, once more. Louise, just before we go, you have something to say. Uh, there's a Meath woman looking for men urgently, Jerry. Uh, you might remember Kira. Kira McCormick was the Meath research student who designed a groundbreaking home programme for rare heart disease patients. Great woman. Well, she is now hosting a new block of men on the move exercise classes in Claremont Stadium in Navan starting tomorrow night. Thursday night, half seven to half eight. So all men get down to her. Do you hear the pen jumping out of my hand there? I got excited when I heard about a mean woman looking for men. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There's life in the old dog yet. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this uh, Wednesday afternoon midweek. Thank you for your company and we leave you in the company of the brilliant UB40 and Kingston Town. I love it. See you tomorrow. Have one.
Freedom FM podcasts brought to you with Cartman Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartman Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmanCrossCU.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 